0: I'm going to sit down this morning and I think, I don't know, maybe not, but uh, we're going to look at God's word together and man, I'm grateful for you. And so if you have a copy of the scriptures, why don't you open over to the book of Genesis? Real easy to find. It's the first book. So, so as you turn there, I, I just got to go ahead and tell you church, I already missed your laughs or your whatever. I mean, it's, I, I can tell you're not here, but uh, as we look at this, we're gonna to look uh, today. We're kicking off the series that was gonna start last weekend, called Character Sketches. This is part one, and what we're gonna be talking about today is Noah. A few months ago, I decided to preach this series, this guy, out of the gate, and I thought, what a good word is! I've been studying the life of Noah, a man, a preacher of righteousness. Man, do we need to hear the word of the Lord today in our church? So here's how I want to start today. I, I read a little thing in history about Martin Luther back in 1527 in the deadly outbreak of the Bubonic Plague in the small town of Wittenberg, Germany. It was so terrific. And a fellow pastor was asked, how do I handle this crisis in my community? And Luther had some profound words in the 1500s, but they're just as powerful in 2020. I want you to hear these. He said, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. And then I shall fumigate and help purify the air, administer medicine and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, He should surely find me, and I have done what is expected of me, and I'm not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid a place or a person, but go freely as stated above. Man, that is a man that had a God-driven faith and devotion, and he wanted to serve. That's our heart's cry this morning. We want to serve and be there for you if we can back to the text genesis chapter 6 just park it there open your bibles and i'll start it this way i was thinking about a thing that i'd read some years ago by robert fulgham and he's had a writing there an essay all i really need to know i learned in kindergarten all right how many of you love kindergarten i can't even see your hands today i just I hope the kids are waving their hands at Pastor Keith. I don't know, but here's the deal. And here's some things. He, and, and then there was, went on to be a thing. Somebody said, I'm going to do a little takeoff. I'm going to spawn off on that. And they said, all I need to know, I learned from Noah's Ark. You know, little kids, my grandkids and one of our kids, everybody had these little Fisher Price. They, they made a gazillion dollars off selling Noah and the Ark. We used to have a picture in one of our daughter's rooms, and it was Noah and the Ark. And you always see all these beautiful pictures. And i got to tell you, biblically, uh, it's not as pretty as we make it when you really know what happened behind the scenes. But, but here's what I want to say to you. Here's some statements that I think are true. What I learned from Noah's ark. Number one, don't miss the boat. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Two, remember that we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat together in this worldwide pandemic, in this crisis that we're going through. Three, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. Four, stay fit. When you're 600 years old, someone might ask you to do something really, really big. you got to remember, man, when this story, when this takes place and he's building, he's 600 years old. He's older than Miss Zelda. I mean, he's an old guy. Uh, Some of you didn't get that. If you go to our church, you understand Zelda. She's our oldest member. She'll celebrate 90 years of age next month. We love her. We're missing you at the door today, Miss Zelda. Seven, for safety's sake, always travel in pairs. But in this day, I want to add to it. Six foot apart. Okay. Eight, speed isn't everything. The snails were on board with the cheetahs. I don't understand that. Nine, when you're stressed, float a while. Ten, remember that the ark was built by amateurs, but who built the Titanic? Professionals. We'll see how well they did. Eleven, no matter the storm, you're, when you are with God, there's always a rainbow bow that's waiting on the other side. Here's what I know. God can be trusted in every circumstance of life and we can trust him definitely through this Coronavirus, he is greater than that virus. He is greater than the need that maybe is so consuming you That's why we love that we can do live worship that we can broadcast that somehow you can just slow down Quit watching all the news channels and getting heightened up and just pull away to the Lord So let's jump into this together all this uh, a guy named Tom Hughes that I've just read he said, "There's only really been three global uh, situations like we currently know. Now we've had regional situations, you know, the Spanish flu and the war, the World War II and one and all those. But when you look at it, it was number one. It was the days of Noah, we're going to talk today, the, the flood. Secondly, it was the Tower of Babel, and then today's crisis. And these were worldwide. I mean, this situation has slowed and stopped commerce and sports and." just everything it's just it's it's closed churches but you know what the church is not closed amen amen man the church ought to be the most alive like the book of acts in our homes that we're pulling into jesus so here here's what we do the flood what was the flood because here it is the book of genesis and he talks about the flood the flood was a judgment on humanity it was a judgment on the earth and god brought it you know Like right now, and I'm not going to say this is necessarily a judgment But I do believe that God is trying to get the attention of Christians in the unsaved world And what we're praying here is that God's going to have a great spiritual awakening across the globe That Jesus Christ, Jesus, not some church But Jesus Christ would be the famous one of heaven and earth And everybody said, amen, God, we love you All right, so here it is So God said I'll never judge the earth again in this manner with a worldwide cataclysmic flood. But he did say that he would judge it again and there'd be a fire on the earth in a later day. But as we move through this, we want to learn from Noah, a preacher of holiness, a preacher of righteousness, that we want to have an authentic faith. See, Noah was the real deal. Noah was found to be a man for God. He was the only man on the earth besides his three sons and his three daughter-in-laws that got to go and be on the ark. That's 370 days that got to endure this experience. I mean, Noah did what God told him to do. I mean, it's amazing. He didn't have a lot to go on, but and let me tell you this, a little history. Noah, his grandfather, do you know who the grandfather of Noah was? Methuselah. We're talking about the oldest man that ever lived on the face of the earth, an old, old guy. He lived to be, you ready for this? 969. Man, that is a long, long life. Now, as we move through here, Noah's name, just write it in the margin. I I didn't give you a worship guide when you came in. All right, so it means rest. That's what Noah's name means. It means comfort or rest. Noah brought comfort to his family. And this morning, we know that God's word can always bring comfort to our troubled and wearied and beaten soul, I've never seen a day in my life where our souls seem to be taxed, where we seem to be wearied, where we just seem like so much is going on. But God wants to do a new thing. So, blameless here, it, it, it He says, "Hey, I want you to be a blameless." I, Noah was a righteous man, and when He says he was blameless, it didn't mean he was perfect, perfected, or he was perfect. It means he was. I think it was interesting. It meant. If, if you studied the original language, he was uncontaminated. That's kind of an interesting word right now. Everybody's worried about germs and, you know, you got to clean your hands and got to, you know, wash your hands and wash your hands. And, man, we I mean, we want to do all these safe practices. That's good. But uncontaminated, that's who he was. And he was, a, he was a solitary, single-minded saint of God that of all the men and women that had lived on the earth, God took Noah and his family and he rescued them. You know that word Rescue? I love it that's who Jesus is he's a rescuer to deliver us God delivered Noah and God will deliver us if we put our trust and faith in him so I want us to hear this this preacher of righteousness now You don't have uh your outline handed out to you but i think behind me it's going to come up so here's kind of chapter six verses six through seven it I, i see the the aspect that we can grieve the heart of god with our sin in in this story account in this narrative in the book of genesis Sin had so grieved God that he'd made a decision, a choice, that he was going to destroy the earth. And our sin grieves the Father. If sometimes we choose to turn a blind eye, we choose to ignore, we choose to justify, we choose to excuse our sin. So here's a practical question Could I be a person that is grieving the heart of God? This is a day of grace, it's a day of awakening. And I believe that God is going to awaken people all across our globe in these days that he is forcing us to slow down, to be still. The psalmist, chapter 46, verse 10, he didn't say, run fast. He said, be still and know, come on, finish the verse with me, TV, and know that I am God. They just said it here in the living room, our worship team. They know their Bible. I'm proud of them. Okay, okay, so here we go. So sin grieves the heart of God. And when we are really sorry for our sin, we repent, we change, we turn. We, sometimes we weep over our brokenness. You know, that's what I see in the story of Noah. Humanity, depravity of man, it is messed up, jacked up, needs a rescue, needs direction, needs transformation. Is that not what we need in 2020? We need the heart of God and God wants to do that so he comforts us look at verse 9 move down there in Genesis chapter 6 verse 9 this is so powerful he says the second account of Noah Noah's a righteous man blameless among the people of his time and he walked with God I love that Noah walked with God Enoch walked with God He was no more just kind of took a little journey and phew, he's gone Noah walked with the Lord Well, let's say well man that was a story a long time ago and it's a biblical story it's a true story and jesus refers to this we'll see later in the scripture but here's what it is are you walking with god you're saying oh pastor yes i'm walking i'm in close communion with my god man that is awesome or you might be watching today somebody encouraged you to jump into this uh podcast or into this uh live facebook experience with us and we're grateful you're here But just be honest. God, I'm not walking with you, but I ought to be. What does it mean that he walked with God? Well, for Noah, it meant that he spent the majority of his time with the Lord. He just talked to him. He just had this relationship, and he communicated, and he heard from him. And he he didn't just say, God, I'll give you the weekends. I'll give you maybe Friday or Saturday or whatever. Or definitely, God, I'll give you the Sabbath. I'll give you Sunday. No, he says he walked with God. You know, that's what it means to know Jesus. It's a relationship. You walk with him every single day. And it's not some sporadic or, oh, God, like right now, I think everybody's praying. I don't know who they're praying to, but I hope we're praying to the true God. And and they're crying, oh, God, I I need help. I need this. I need that. And I pray that we're crying. God, what do you want to do? How would you have me serve you? Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Lord, you've got my attention. Lord, I can't go to work. Lord, I'm having to work from home. Lord, I'm having to do this. Man, these are Unprecedented times, but there are also great times that we can just have more time than we've had I mean like right now, let's just be honest all men. It could be you right now Sporting events. We don't have current sporting events. We're not watching March. We do have March Madness right now Let me just go ahead and tell you there's March Madness in the world. March Madness was coined for basketball, but we have got March Madness, okay It is everywhere, but I'm not enjoying watching March Madness, but consider We can embrace the living God and spend time with him. So through this, it's not that God's doing something to us. He's doing something for us. Write that down. That's profound. God, you're doing something for us in this crisis that you could propel our hearts to run to you. Man, it's a great thought here. All right. So in this whole thing, he walked with God. I mean, he had companionship with the Lord. Uh, I bet a lot of you are having better companionship with your spouses, I hope, during this time. Or you might say, well, I'm spending too much time with them. We'll pray about it. Okay, or you're spending lots of time with your kids, and, and I've seen where people are trying to teach their kids, and, and with school being out, and, uh, man, we need to be praying for our teachers, and the challenges is, is they're trying to carry lesson plans to their kids over the upcoming weeks. And, and all the health care professionals, I can just go over field after field of the challenges we're finding in these days. But God is great. So, here it is. uh, Verse 14. I want you to see this. Verse 14. As soon as I find it, I'll give it to you, okay? Here we go. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood and make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. And this is how you're to build it. And the ark's 450 foot Long, 75 foot wide, 45 foot high, make a roof for it, finish the ark to within 18 inches of the top, put a door in the side of the ark, make it lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring flood waters on the earth to destroy all the life under heavens, every creature that has breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I, listen, the Lord, I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons and your wives with you. Now, here's here's what I want to say to you. Here's this ark that God is instructing Noah to build. Now, at this point, I don't believe it's rained, And so he didn't, like today right now, the doors are open and I'm hearing the rain outside. And and it's kind of nice right now, Montgomery's washing the pollen. Get a big amen? Okay. But, But right now, so Noah... He, you know, God instructed him to build an ark. First of all, what is an ark when well, an ark is a big boat? No, let me tell you what an ark is. An ark is a floating barge, and it's bigger than a football field, maybe a football field, football field and a half. It's massive. And God gives him all these directions of what he needs to do. And it takes over a 100 years to build the ark. Now, he goes home and he tells his wife, can you imagine going home and telling Mrs. Noah, I don't know her first name, but Miss Noah, I'm going to build an ark. And I bet she says, To the boys hey boys your daddy's not feeling well you need to go up and see him i mean i'm sure this wasn't just like hey we're gonna build an ark but what happened is they were compliant the wife surrendered she submitted she was a part of it the boys and they built and i've often wondered did people ridicule noah did they make fun of him and a lot of commentaries always say oh yeah they probably laugh and stop but then it might have been because noah i started with this you probably didn't catch it he was a man of righteousness He loved God. He had integrity. It might have been people respected old man Noah. Well, one thing about it, nobody decided to repent. Nobody decided to follow after God. The whole earth, everybody perished except Noah and his family. He proved to be the wise one. There's a a lesson there for us to learn that we want to turn from our sin, from our own bent to do our own thing. I'm so glad that Noah decided to do what God told him. You see, authentic faith, is evident it's seen people look at it it expresses itself in different ways so noah he preaches for a hundred and twenty decades he builds an ark and he and and during this time you know he's like man this thing god is so specific god gives such detail in how this ark is to be built you might say well why is it so exact because that's kind of god we got and think about it God built this ark so big that the giraffe could go in. See if they'd have built a little bit low ark, man. What's the giraffe going to do? Have his neck between his legs? I mean, you know, God and how wide the elephant was, and the and all the animals by in pairs. I mean, all these animals boarding the ark. I mean, I cannot imagine. I mean, it was a challenge, but Noah was faithful to the task to build the ark with his family. So here it is. So today. I don't believe God's going to instruct us and ask us to build an ark. Here, several weeks ago, when it was raining profusely, week after week, day after day, we all kid, I guess I'm going to build an ark. I even said that, like, I think I'm going to build an ark. I don't need a car. I don't need a boat. I need an ark. But now, what we, you know what might be God wants us to build, though? He wants us to build our faith. He wants us to build platforms to share the gospel. He wants us to share more of Christ. See, James says, faith without works is dead. And Noah, man, he demonstrates to me, he's a man of action. Matter of fact, look at this. Noah walked with God, verse 14. Genuine faith always expresses itself in action in some kind of activity. And see, in this season, even though we're uh, separated, we have this spatial separation. We can have greater spiritual closeness, greater spiritual intimacy and it might be that god's trying to tell us to do some specific things so here's the word Uh, april spoke it to us in our time that we gathered we were very compliant we stood apart okay and and we prayed and we said be still slow down man that is a great word for the church and let's do that church so faith and works they always go together noah demonstrated amazing faith i was praying even earlier this morning i I don't know that i prayed this specific prayer But because I've been studying Noah all week, I'll pray, God, I want to be like Paul. I want to be like Elijah because I'm always like Jesus. I want to be like you. But this morning early, when I woke about 515, 530, I started praying, God, give me faith like Noah. And then I said, God, I want to be a preacher of righteousness like Noah. And I don't think I've ever prayed that prayer, but man, that's the biblical request. And you know what I'm asking you? Why don't you be men and women and boys and girls of righteousness? And the church said, "Amen." see, I, I can hear you right now in the living room. It's coming across. Okay, so let, let's keep moving here. So Noah, verse 22, he was obedient to God. I love that. Uh, you re-read, you all to just, I wish we had, and hey, you're going to have time. Don't go, I don't have time. You don't have no sporting event to go. I know they got Hallmark Christmas movies. Okay, take a break. Just a little break. Okay, women, men, whatever. Okay, I want you to spend more time in God's Word and prayer. And let's build some holy habits. See, I think God is... The redefining the church he's redefining america he's redefining the globe he's redefining his earth and he wants to get our attention so here it is obedience god we want to obey so verse 22 noah was obedient to god now i could preach all down that i won't but or if i do you're going to leave me all right so we want to obey god in all things and noah was such a, a person That you and I want to emulate. We want to follow after him. We want to be like him. He showed his love for God with a lifestyle of obedience. Lord, give us lifestyles that match you, that honor you, that reflect you. Lord, people are looking to us to see if we have any kind of peace. They're looking to us to see if we have any kind of joy. Uh, just yesterday, I was walking, I was praying. I pray this often, but I was like, The joy of the Lord is my strength. And, and it seemed to resonate deeper in my soul of just saying, Lord, you are strength, and you're constant, eternal joy. There's joy in the presence of the Lord. Oh, I pray that you're walking tight with Jesus. And if you're not, I pray at the end of this service today, you would consider repenting, turning, receiving the gospel, receiving Christ into your life making him the master of your soul, the Savior and your Lord. And you go, Jesus, I trust you and you alone. Who do I have in heaven but you, O God? So, Lord, this biblical account of Noah in the moral degradation of the day, I mean, it was violent, it was wicked, it was horrible. And he preached for all these years. And people, they didn't listen. Jeremiah was a great prophet. And he preached for 40 years and didn't have a convert. And Noah was being God's voice piece. So us, we want to share. We want to have a bent that, Lord, we want to follow you. Now, keep moving with me. Godly obedience will do what? It'll set you apart from the crowd. When you decide to give all of yourself to Jesus and you want to be holy in lifestyle, because that's what uh, the Scripture says, without holiness, no one sees the Lord. God wants us to be. And so I, let me just tell you, here's this guy, he builds a 450-foot boat. I mean, that's a pretty big deal to, to, to honor God, to obey him, but God blessed his obedience. And then Noah, he encouraged others to follow God. Now, it wasn't his fault they didn't follow, but he was doing what God had told him. So in this season, through Facebook, through social media, through your phone, through letters, through whatever means, we ought to be communicating the love of our Father and encouraging others to follow God because we need him desperately and then i pray that godly obedience brings salvation and and god we want to obey you we want to see jesus but godly obedience it it, it gets can i be honest godly obedience gets uncomfortable sometimes it just does sometimes it's hard sometimes it tries you sometimes it presses you against the wall sometimes it seems to drive you away from some your so-called friends so it's uncomfortable And I think Noah really you think Noah is like the most popular guy I mean, he's preaching this righteousness this this message of turn and receive the Lord, but he was faithful to it and also let me tell you this obedience, sometimes godly obedience. You know what it does? Listen, it's smelly. Sometimes it stinks. I mean think about the ark. Do you think the ark stunk? Absolutely I mean, this was a stinky experience, but that's okay. God's greater than even the smell. God's greater than anything. And you know what obedience is? It's incredibly painful sometimes. But God promises to be with us through the pain, through the storm. I was thinking this week about a message series that I preached here many years ago called A Perfect Storm. And I thought, God, this really seems to be a perfect storm For us to turn a perfect storm to get our attention because you're closing down so many things that we cling to that we put our trust in and god you're great so god i'm thinking In this perfect storm called Corona, God, you know the word Corona, I believe means crown. (laughs) And I pray that we run to the crown, to the king, the the king of glory that's crowned with glory. And Lord, you are above any virus. You're above any situation. God, you're above the stock market. (laughs) Thank God. God, you're above whatever, you're above disease and sickness and sin. God, you are great. You're to be praised on the earth. Earth, you're to be praised in the church now. Let's move over to chapter 7 got to keep moving because if I don't move real quick You're gonna turn me off so you can turn me off and go get something to drink. I don't even know it come back Come back. Okay. Here. You go. All right, chapter 4 or chapter 7 verse 4 God warned Noah See the Word of God warns us about things and so I pray in this season you and I will take time to t- adhere to the warnings of God that we will hear his voice So Noah was divinely instructed and he obediently followed the Lord. See, the scripture is the divine authority for our life. That's what I believe. I believe this is the ultimate source of truth. I am truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life said Jesus. No one comes to Father but by me. See, when I Came to Christ 42 years ago. I surrendered to this book But I surrendered to the Lord of this book to the Redeemer of my soul and I said Jesus You've given all yourself for me now. I give all that I am all of myself to you. I give you my hopes I give you my dreams my expectations my fears my concerns my worries I mean you can just start filling in the blanks. Are you giving stuff to Jesus? Man, That's a great thing to do inventory in this season is Lord I want to slow down and figure out what I need to give you so let's keep moving here because I think these are powerful things because You know it, it, he had this construction project. I mean you're talking about a craft project an ark. I mean man that, that is that is a project. I mean the, he had to go they had to go They didn't call up Home Depot and go hey drop off the wood drop off the screws the saws I mean, man, they had to go cut the trees. They had to plane the boards I mean, my, why do you think it took so long to build the ark? I mean, you know, you're saying, well, it took so long to build this building. But this was a magnificent structure. But then we've got a magnificent God. Amen? We do. So he believed God's word, and he accepted what God had told him to do. Now, uh, if, if Noah can believe God for 120 years under the conditions of people ridiculing, mocking, maybe respecting whatever they did for him, then we can certainly obey God. We can believe God. We've got the full counsel. We've got the authority of God's word. We, we've got God's written love letter to us to tell us how much He loves us and how He's for us. So God's word is filled with promises for us. So let's see this. All right. So God warned Noah. Here's the thing I want to say. Second Peter chapter three verse ten. So I'm come up here on the verse. Second Peter. Hey. I want you to do this you're in your home. Hey y'all in the living room. Just a few of the worship team Y'all let's read this verse together. Okay y'all read it. y'all say it y'all stand up Y'all say it it's just a few of just the four of them across here Hey, say it really loud and on tv. I want you. Hey kids. I want you to get up I know you got the wiggles you're getting ready for a snack. Don't get a snack All right, let's read the word of god and you can't read just stand there and smile. Okay But the day of the lord will come like a thief The heavens will disappear with a roar The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Wow, y'all can be seated. Okay, if you're at home, you might not want to be seated. I don't know. All right, but I love that. We need a Savior just like Noah needed an ark. Oh, Noah, the people there, they needed a boat. The flood was consuming. But how we need a rescuer, a redeemer, a personal Savior, and his name is Jesus, Jesus, the living hope of God. He is God. So Lord, help us to run to you, and Lord, help us to make every effort to live lives that are spotless and blameless, but Lord, thank you that your blood can cover us, and as that ark covered the people and protected them through the storms, the blood of Jesus, the life of giving life of jesus that fills us the holy spirit that comes to dwell in us he can protect us through all the storms oh i'm praying that I pray that the, the passion of the Lord, I pray the word of God is coming across clear that you're considering this Christ, you're considering this Jesus and his love for you that he'll come again. Matter of fact, in Matthew, just make a mark if you're writing or whatever, Matthew 24, verses 37 through 42, because I'm about to land this plane. Just hang with me a little bit longer. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken, and the other left therefore listen to this the word says therefore keep watch circle that because you do not know on what day our lord will come again and as a preacher of righteousness i know according to god's authority in his word he will come again for his church and no one was trying to tell those people a flood's coming man what's a flood what's rain? you need to enter the ark you need to turn and they, they didn't listen well, here it is. Jesus is coming. And oh, I pray, friend, I pray that you're prepared for the coming of Christ. Or, or if you die before, that you'll be ready to meet the Lord because Christ is your personal Savior and your personal Lord. Storms like Noah, they, they teach us to endure and mature and stretch our faith. Oh, I pray that in this season, a special season, if you will, that God's going to mature the church that he's going to make your faith deeper than it's ever, ever been. So church, right now, what I'm going to do is, I just want you to know that Noah waited on God to speak. You need to go back and read chapter 5, chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, read this story in the context, but it's amazing. Noah, he sent out the raven and different things, and there was no dry land, and eventually everything dried up, but Noah didn't just jump out. The Bible says he waited Listen, circle the word waited. That's a great study maybe this time. He waited for God to speak. It could be that there's silence. See, I believe there was great silence besides the animals and the smell on that boat, on that ark. And God didn't speak. And Noah would probably think every day, oh, Lord, how, what's happening to the earth? How long is this going to last? And on and on and on. And finally, when the waters had receded, God spoke and called Noah off the boat. Oh, I pray in this time, that you and I would wait and listen, God, speak, for your servant is listening. Hey, bow your heads with me, and we're going to close this service. Lord God, you're an awesome God, and we love you, and we are grateful that you're slowing us down. And Lord, just as Noah waited to speak, I pray that we would wait on you that you would strengthen our hearts and make us stronger. Lord, we see in the scripture here that when Noah came out of the ark, Noah worshipped. He went forward. He built the first altar that we see recorded. He worshipped the God of heaven. And God, I pray that this morning we have worshipped you. I pray we would become greater devoted worshipers. And maybe this morning, you're there with your family you're watching somewhere around the world around the country and you don't know this christ you don't know this wonderful savior that i've been talking about i pray that today you would just simply repent just a biblical word it means turn means you were walking this way and you turn and you walked another way that you would walk after the savior and that you would call upon jesus in your day of trouble and cry out lord jesus have mercy on me a sinner i need a savior I need a rescue. Come and invade my life. Take me, Lord Jesus. Make me yours. I surrender. I don't want to do it on my own anymore. I want to obey like Noah. Give me faith. Give me faith to save my soul. In Jesus' name, amen.